All right, I think we're going. So welcome to the second edition of the Promo Music Roundtable. I'm one of your hosts, Bill Petrie, wearing a Foo Fighters shirt today. I like the Foo Fighters. Joining me is the one and only Jason Noakes, from, uh, the founder and president and chief person in charge of Promo Pulse. David Schultz, vice president of supplier partnerships at Common Skew. And as always, we have a sponsorship here at the Promo Music Roundtable, and that would be the Good Strongs over at Promo Show. Not too shocking, is it? No, nope, nice. that's right, Promo Show. That's right. Over 100 suppliers, adding more every day. Over 500 distributors visiting every single day. That's not just an average. That's every day. Some 500 people visiting. It's the industry's first and only virtual trade show, which is so important these days as we are all sheltering at home, safer in place, and getting drunker by the day. So you want to visit promoshow.com. Extend those connections. It's the industry virtually. So go ahead and visit promoshow.com. You're not going to be sorry you did. So, Jason, Dave, how are you guys today? You're great, Bill. And you guys are having beverages, I'm assuming, since this is a rock and roll discussion or music discussion. Yes, we did. Well, that's one of your official rules. So, yeah, it's it's uh, an official an official beer, and I'm having a spicy margarita. So, excellent. Music's always better with a drink, right? I believe it is. So, we're our topic today is. Best live albums. Now, that means to us personally, not necessarily the best like ever from some list. Uh, the, the very bloated and irrelevant Rolling Stone came up with six years ago. These are our lists. I didn't look at any lists. I don't think you guys did either. Jason, I looked at theirs only because I wanted to know what their number one live album was. I was, was very it? curious. What was it? It was uh, James Brown, Live at the Apollo. Oh, yeah, what? I know. What was it? James Brown, Live at the no. Apollo, Rolling Stone's what? number one live album. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a good one. I wasn't there, but that was good. <laughs> Jason, why don't you start us off? What are your top five live albums? And talk about them as you go through them. Go through all five. Okay, I will do that. Now, I will preface this. This was my, my topic idea, but I do not like live albums. So I, <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand that. that. You told me that like three minutes ago, and it completely short-circuits my brain. I just, I don't like it. In fact, I get really upset when Spotify finds songs for me that are live versions. I just, it annoys me. I wish I had a little setting that Spotify could turn those off. But anyway, because I like production, I like an album. You know, that's my favorite part, one of my favorite things in music. So anyway, okay. so my favorite live albums are all in my formative years, so that means they're all metal. <laughs> all Death to all but metal. So anyway, and I'm not going to play in here, but... Um, the first one uh, is Judas Priest, Unleashed in the East. Wow, I haven't heard that album in years. That is a, um, yes, a great uh, choice. Many of these are uh, bring back lots of memories of um, cruising and with my best friend yeah. or listening to these things. And then, um, and there's a bonus point. So if anybody in the comments happens to like that album, there is one. My favorite song on there is a Fleetwood Mac cover, you know that one so that's a that's a good um, a bonus a bonus question okay and then um iron maiden live after death that's a classic yeah i don't own that album i've never had even owned it myself i wasn't even a big maiden fan but again we listen to that all the time uh another favorite that actually made me think of this and i have the tape oh worldwide live Klaus Miner. still has the walmart sticker oh i love that yes 1985 
almost 10 bucks. The scorpions. Yeah. Now, I, I had a dalliance with the scorpions for a while, for about three years in the mid-80s. Loved me some scorpions. That was my first concert. Scorpions? My mom took me and my friends. Awesome. You know, the, the best thing about the Scorpions is when Matthias Jobs and uh, Rudolf Schenker would, would do the whole guitar thing. Oh, yeah. Yes. That was their whole thing. Just back and forth like this with their mouths wide open. Especially like on the zoo. Yeah, exactly. So long, so long. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the final two, which you will – is going to end up on a different list of yours. And I have props again. Yep. Ah. <laughs> Kiss Alive 1 and 2. Both of them. The albums. You know, when you're a kid and you, no, not this one, this one, live too, you know, you can spend hours looking at this photo. Now, I had both of those actual albums as a child, yeah. um, and, and we will talk about that as, as I, later. Again, I'd like to say these are not the best live albums of all time. Hmm. These are the ones that... I don't think anybody would agree with any of us if we purported to state the top five live albums of all time. And so I can throw out a few good live albums later, like overall live albums. But anyway, yeah, I've got those, those are my too. five that... Uh, that um, kind of influenced you, okay. I have a good story about another one later if we have time. We, we have all the time we want. Internet uh, is free, not really. But Dave, you want to go or you want me to go? Uh, go ahead, Bill. Why don't you go? So I picked the ones that really formed the way I listen to music and I do love live albums. I absolutely love them. And so there's actually not any, as much as I love hard rock and heavy metal, there's none in my top five. And I struggled with that. Actually, I struggled mightily with that. Number five would be, uh, or number five. Yeah. Number five is Frank Sinatra, Sinatra at the Sands. It is such a great swanky lounge album. Um, just love it. It's it's Sinatra. Yeah. Well, it's Sinatra at his absolute peak where um, he is just on, it's Quincy Jones and actually conducting the orchestra. And it's, it, you almost like smell the booze. It just feels really good. It's like 64, I think it's 66. Yeah, 66. Just a great live album. Sinatra really at his peak. Number four, Simon and Garfunkel live in Central Park. <laughs> Absolutely love that album. Um, I, always appreciate the songwriting for Simon and Garfunkel, but I always hated their studio stuff. Way overproduced. It just never worked for me. It's kind of like John Denver. I can't, I love John Denver, but I can't listen to any of his studio stuff. But live, when it's stripped down and just Simon and Garfunkel and a small band or at a guitar, it's just beautiful. Speaking of stripped down, number three, Towns Van Zant live at the Old Quarter, which is just Towns Van Zant in a really shitty dive bar in Houston in 1973. Him and a guitar and about 200 people, and it's how he should have been heard. I listened to that the other day. I saw your post on Facebook. Yeah, it's a great album. I mean, he does not have the greatest voice in the world, but the songwriting on that, and just you talk about someone speech, singing from their uh, emotions. Towns Van like, like his joke, too. Yes. I don't think we can tell that one. No, we better not tell that one. But it's uh, <laughs> <coughs> All right, uh, number two. Uh, and this is hard. Eric Johnson, live from Austin, Texas. And that's when uh, he did, uh, the second time he did Austin City Limits in 1988. So great. And I love Eric Johnson. So that's the closest I come to electric guitar really on this for the most part. Absolutely love that album so much. I, I've it, it only came out in 2005. And, and I've probably worn out three or four CDs until you know everything became digital. Just absolutely love that the tone on that. The, the song, the performance, just top notch. And my number one 
would be Paul McCartney wings over America in 1976. I love, yeah, it's a, it's a triple album. Very good. Good call, Jason. It's a triple album. It was the first time in six years that McCartney had uh, performed any Beatles music. He had done just exclusively wings music for five, six years. And does Lady Madonna and a few other songs. And so, so good. So those are my top five. And I've got other ones, honorable mentions, but we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, my list is all over the map too. Um, and I'm with Bill. I, I love live albums. I love seeing bands that can actually perform and sound that good and entertain live playing their instruments as opposed to <clears throat> the overabundance of auto-tune and six tracks of guitar and speaking as a guitarist that one hurts a little bit but yeah i i love i love seeing bands play live and so yes you know while you hold up kiss alive you know the the rumors for so many years that that was like 90 percent fixed in the studio that kind of stuff always bugged the crap out of me but anyway that's why it's not on my list as much as i love that album i know i know so I, I, I love the live albums. Uh, and the, the irony is you don't, I was talking about this the other day. It's like, you just don't see them anymore because so many of the bands today are, you know, studio musicians and they, you know, they, they tour certainly, but it's, it's sometimes it's two guys on stage with like 25 backing tracks and stuff. And it's a little different to do a live album today as it was a while back. So yeah, it is. Anyway, so some of the ones on my list, um, one of the first ones I had that was a double cassette I used to hide under my covers at night and listen to it on my Walkman when I was growing up was uh, Rush, Exit Stage Left. Always impressed with a group of three guys where one guy is singing, playing bass, and playing keyboards with his feet all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, And YYC on that is amazing. The drum solo by Neil Peart is just some to behold. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, I thought you two under blood red sky at red rocks was great. I had that. I had that on. That's on my honorable mention. Was it? I had yep. that on cassette. Um, again, another one of my first concerts, mm-hmm. uh, wedge somewhere in between the scorpions and Duran Duran. So you see my genres were all over the map. Um, I had a cheap trick at Budokan on there. That's I still, I still prefer some of the songs off that album than any of their studio albums. Mm hmm. Uh, Talking Heads, Stop Making Sense, directed by Jonathan Demme, as a matter of fact. I forgot about that. That was Jonathan Demme, wasn't it? Good one, yeah. Uh, who else did I have on there? Um, I had the Ramones, It's Alive, mm-hmm. show in London. Mm-hmm. I was reading about that not too long ago. They were talking about the, the – <laughs> it was truly punk rock uh, at its best with fans ripping seats – out of the concrete off the floor and throwing them around. And yeah, so that was a good one. I don't know. Is that five? I had other five. Two. Okay. There well, we you can go. talk more. So interesting stuff. I, I love, I actually really like this topic. I'm going to throw out some of my honorable mention ones just for you guys. And let's discuss these. I had the Beatles live at Hollywood Bowl. So there was an album that came out in 76. That was, um, the Hollywood Bowl. They played the Hollywood Bowl twice in 1964 and 65. And they combined it into one album. Mm-hmm. It was all over the map, but it was so cool to hear. And it wasn't really, I mean, they didn't, they didn't do any repairs in the, in the, uh, in the studio afterwards. So you get to hear the Beatles perform. They can't hear themselves, but they sound so good. And you hear all the screaming. I, I absolutely love that album. And they've redone, now they've redone it with Ron Howard's movie a couple of years ago. Yeah. 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 That's good. I like that movie. Elvis Aloha from Hawaii. 
<laughs> Elvis at about the peak of his powers in yeah. the early 70s, you know, just starting to get into jumpsuit phase, but looked really good and it worked for him. <laughs> Still fit in the jumpsuit. Yes. Still fit in the jumpsuit. I had Queen live at Wembley Stadium. That that was one that I went back and forth on with Sinatra from a number five. I love Queen live. What about Killer Queen or Killers Live or whatever? Yeah, I, I for whatever reason, I th- and I think it's just because of I didn't become really aware of Queen until after that had come out. And so when I became aware of Queen, that was the live album I listened to was at Wembley in 1986. And just for whatever reason, he's got that iconic yellow jacket and the whole, you know, damn. You know, not that I can sing like Freddie Mercury. I can't. Um, I Johnny Cash live at Folsom Prism. Uh, Prism, not Prism. Um, we talked about this before Dave came on. I had Queensryche, Operation Live Crime, the live version of Operation Mind Crime on here. Wow. Yeah. What Dave. About, Dave uh, what about Frant- Frampton Comes Alive? That's odd about that, but after the two songs that we all hear all the time, is there anything else on there? I don't even yeah, know. It's a great album. And Never owned it. Another Never owned it. Where's it at? I just saw it over here. Uh, this, I'm surprised. Uh, awesome. yeah, okay. Live at Leeds? I was thinking of Live oh, at yeah. Leeds. Yep. This one, just they are just phenomenal on this. Yeah. You didn't have a... Uh, Live at Folsom Prison on yours, Bill? I did. I do. I do have Live at Folsom Prison. And then the other one I have on there is um, Stevie Ray Vaughan Live at Carnegie Hall in 84. It's a really cool album. So for half of it, he's with a little bit of an orchestra and half of it is not. Man, he's just blazing on that. Just blazing. And he's got Jimmy Vaughn there. So they do the whole double double uh, guitar thing. It's just that those are those ones I had. What other honorable mentions did you guys have? Because I, I, like I said, I struggle with it. I can't believe, Jason, you don't like live albums. That blows me away. I, li- I, just, I like the production of an album. That's my favorite part. That's my favorite part, as, even as a musician, is producing the album more than having to play it. So I prefer, like when I do remixes for uh, Iron Band, yeah. um, tracks are already there. I just get to mess with them and play with them and make them sound <laughs> awesome. So anyway, so yeah, so I, I, I just never... Ooh, hold on real quick. Meredith Wallace, great one. Because I do love the Jewish Elvis in Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond Live at the Greek. I really do love that album. That's a great one, Meredith. That's awesome. Since she was forced to listen to it daily until she decided it was pretty good. Love it. I tell you, I love Neil Diamond. That's a great one. I missed that. I uh, I thought uh, in 90, 94, I was blown away by the Nirvana performance on MTV Unplugged. That was a I one. I thought about that one, and that's a great one. I mean, it definitely was a, a – that was a really strong one. I almost put um, the Bon Jovi one on there just because that put their, – their first acoustic thing put unplugged – that created Unplugged, essentially. Yeah, for sure. I thought it was something <clears throat> like Tesla. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> that, well, that song forced us as a band to start doing an acoustic set. I know yeah. they play signs. So yeah. So then we had to go get acoustic guitars and make sure we had a few acoustics. Yeah, I thought you'd do Kiss Unplugged yeah. when they when they brought out uh, Peter Chris and Ace Frehley back. Yeah. Now I like the Nirvana one because uh, I like the Bowie cover, Man Who Sold the World. That's a great song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just yeah. nailed that one. That was, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. That, any of those uncover I, – I, I miss that show. Any of those Unplugged shows, so great. Stevie Ray Vaughan did an Unplugged, which is not easy. So actually, Stone Temple Pilots did an Unplugged one, which is amazing. Yes. 
I saw that. That was good. What else, Dave? Uh, I had an interesting conversation about one that was fascinating from a production standpoint uh, was the Cowboy Junkies, the Trinity Sessions, filmed with a single microphone in a church in Toronto, oh, wow. Ontario. I didn't yeah. know that. They played in the round around a, around a microphone. Like it, you know, even today, you listen to it today on digital or CD or whatever, and it's still mm-hmm. like, you know, it sounds like they recorded it on, on vinyl, like sitting around this microphone. It's kind of a cool one. You know, well, I think what I figured people, you guys would give me a hard time because I didn't put any Van Halen on here for live albums because their live albums suck. Yeah. <laughs> They're terrible. I was, waiting, I was waiting to give you a hard time if you put those on there. They, they have two live albums out. One is with Sammy right here, right now. And that's, I think, from their, that's from their foreign lawful carnal knowledge tour in 91. And it's horrible. It is so you talk about fixed in the studio. That's basically a studio album with a bunch of people screaming in the background, almost as bad as Kiss Alive. Jason, I used to uh, I used to spend a lot of time listening to the Bob Marley live too. I thought yeah. that was a good one back That's in the day. That's a good one. Yeah, Bob Marley. It, that was a good one. It was. Uh, I I went back and looked it up to see what the it was. It it was in '75 out mm-hmm. of London. And they weren't planning to record the shows. And after the first night, somebody saw how crazy it was. Mm-hmm. So they brought in the Rolling Stones mobile recording studio and just set up on night two and recorded. I, so. al- I almost put out Pink Floyd's Is There Anybody Out There where it's them, it's basically the wall live. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. I, I don't know why I didn't. I mean, it's a great album, but it's essentially the wall live. I mean, it's it. It's the wall front to back. And it's, it's great. Was it with the the original? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was recorded. It was recorded that it was like that tour, um, which I always find fascinating. Everybody always thinks you know Pink Floyd. Gosh, what a druggy band! What a druggy band! And if you ever listen to David Gilmore, who's one of my absolute favorite guitar players, he's like, we were that that show was so intricate. He goes, I was afraid to have a glass of white wine before we went on. <laughs> uh, you know that <laughs> it was so intricate, uh, everything going on. So I always think that's kind of funny because everybody thinks you know they're you know a bunch of on that one. Didn't they? Didn't they? Uh, at one of the show, didn't they start the whole thing over? I, I'm sure they did. Rogers, I don't. Uh, Rogers are quite the prickly pair, isn't he? Yeah. He's not exactly the easiest guy to get along with. Jason, think. for not being a fan of live albums, did you not release a live album recently of your high school band performing at your yeah. high school reunion? Yeah, it, yeah, it was, and no overdose. <laughs> why? Really? Why are we? Why this is not full disclosure? Full disclosure. I didn't know about this. You didn't know about this. No, I didn't know you had to everywhere. Do that. I mean, it was just I couldn't. <clears throat> I, every you know, every news channel, not really. But I had to <laughs> it. It was. It's heavily overdubbed, by the way. So, so you have to appreciate the overdub. Mm, do you? Yeah, you do. Okay. I was not going to release my plane the way so, I was the actual recording. Remember about 10 or 15 years ago when especially hard rock and heavy metal bands had this thing, and I think it started with Metallica, where they would do um, some live albums but with an orchestra. I think the first one was S&M uh, with the San Francisco Orchestra with Michael Kamen conducting. What are your thoughts on those albums? I think Kiss, I think Kiss Alive 4 or 5, whichever one that is, I think half of that has an orchestra on it. Yeah. yeah, doing I was made for loving you. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. I don't like them. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> is it live? Yeah, it's live. Boy, you really hate the for a guy who came up with this topic. You really hate the live album. Yeah, I'm just not a big fan. 
<laughs> you know, I, I'm wondering, it's interesting though, if you watch like, and I, I didn't, uh, I was busy Saturday night trying to sort of put on a prom in the basement for my daughter whose prom was supposed to be Saturday night. So I didn't get to watch it. I have it taped. Mm-hmm. There was a music event Saturday night. Yep, I watched it. Yeah. Um, and then a few weeks ago, there was one that mm-hmm. Elton John hosted. Mm-hmm. And the fascinating thing about it is you've got all of these musicians who are typically very heavily produced out of the studio that are performing out of their living rooms, you know, flaws and all. I think I was watching uh, uh, Billy Joe from Green Day perform. Yeah. In the middle of the song, he starts talking to his dog or something, you know. And yeah. You know, he's got chewing gum in his mouth and it's like maybe out of all this, what will come are more raw and intimate performances without so much studio production. Well, I will tell you this. So I did watch the one Saturday night and it was plausibly live. Looked like a lot of overdubs. And I'll tell you where where there was and there wasn't. So McCartney sang, um, and as much as I love Paul McCartney, his voice was shot. It just sounded horrible. It's kind of sad. I'll be honest with you. It broke my heart. Just to hear him, he was very breathy and not in shape at the moment. It could be. I mean, it, but he just didn't sound good. But it was just him. It, you know, yeah. if for whatever, it was just him. Then you had the Stones, and, and they sounded great until you heard, like, some keyboards. There was just the four of them in four separate quadrants, and then you hear the keyboards. I'm like, oh, so they overdubbed this. Okay, great. That was kind of a bummer because I was actually thinking, wow, as much as I don't love the Rolling Stones, and I don't. I don't get it. You don't love just, the Rolling Stones? Uh, no. Yeah, they're like no, I'd rather listen to Rat than the Rolling Stones. <laughs> I like Rat too, but I just—I uh, well, will say none of that stuff. None of that stuff is live. I, like I, I, I having yeah. tried to to perform live or even sing Happy Birthday to my son with a multitude of family on the screen. Yeah, it, it can't be done through Zoom Live. Everybody's on slightly different millisecond of legacy or yeah. latency and such that. They're, they're probably all post-produced for sure. Which I don't actually mind, but I think the I think what Jason was saying and you were saying, the thought behind it is it's raw. It's all of us at yeah, home kind of sure. unshaven. We haven't gone outside. So um, I think that takes the spirit away from it. You know what I mean? But I do give it to you. Get... <clears throat> yeah. A good story. I actually saw, I saw Eric Johnson and Point mm-hmm. of View Grill and this thing and then Open for Rush there on mine in Topeka. So that was a that was actually an interesting trip. It was in the, almost a near blizzard. But when you're you know a kid, you don't think to not go. You just go in the blizzard. But that was a great show. Now you know talk about watching Getty yeah. play with his feet and do you know playing bass. It's like how does he do that? It's just yeah. mind blowing. Really is. It's on autopilot. It's crazy to watch. It, it is. We I think maybe that maybe that's our topic for next week is best concerts we've personally been to some of my favorite live albums it was funny when you know when i was in college and these none of these bands you two have probably ever heard of but there were a few bands that were on the college circuit back in the day that came through town they were all mm-hmm. from the midwest they were awesome and they would let you bring your cassette racks and plug into their mixing board and so these people would pass around cassettes around the college campus and stuff like Trip Shakespeare, the Samples, the Connells, the Judy Bats. I had cassettes of all these bands playing live in the various bars around town, and those were truly some of my favorite live albums. And they didn't—they weren't clean and they weren't produced, but they, you know, you were there and you saw the concert, and then you took this cassette home, and it was. What about, it was really cool. uh, what about Billy Goat? Did you ever see Billy Goat and Lawrence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, they were the 
amazing live and then their their albums are just terrible so th there's a good example that would have been yeah. a good one for a live album because their studio yeah. albums were not didn't capture the craziness well and like i said i go back and forth i do love like i i do you know my my taste music are all over the place i love everything and um but I can't deal with like John Denver studio stuff or Simon Garfunkel studio stuff. I just, I can't deal with it. But live with it's just them and a small band. It's so damn good. So good. So good. So good. All right. Do we have anything else we want to talk about before we wrap this up and have our own private happy hour that nobody else is invited to? What's the first, uh, the first concert you hope to go see live after this quarantine madness is all over? Uh, I it's had just already for the year. Yeah, I had, I had tickets purchased. Eric Johnson's doing a live tour, uh, a, a live tour. Mm -hmm. I was stupid. And a, a uh, uh, electric tour. Last time I saw him was an acoustic and piano tour, which is great. This is an electric one. Um, and it was supposed to happen the Saturday we came back from the college trip, which, you know, everything went to hell in a handbasket. So yeah. whenever they read, and that's at a small intimate sit at city winery. So maybe 200 people there, 300 people. Great. I know which one you're most disappointed about missing this year. What's that? Actually, no, I can't even talk about it. It was never mind. It was a band that was going to be playing possibly at an event you were supposed to come to that's not happening now. So, oh, I know who it's going to be. I know who it is too. Yeah, we're not allowed to talk about that one. We'll save no, that for later. No, the Iron Lion. Iron Lion. <laughs> no, Jason, I had what about you? Uh, I had tickets to one of my favorite bands, which is Run the Jewels who happened mm -hmm. to be opening up for Rage Against the Machine. Oh, I was really looking I forgot about that Rage show. I love, uh, yeah. love me some Rage, too, and I love Run the Jewels. And so they have a new album coming out, and I can't wait for that. They're totally one of my favorites. So, Dave, what about you? Um, the one, uh, so the week, it's like the, I think it's the week before Skew Camp's supposed to go down. The Lumineers are playing here in Kansas City. Nice. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see when things open up enough to where we can have live music again. I know. Yeah, especially in a 20,000-person venue. Uh, yeah. Rush it right now. Maybe he's doing it, but I haven't seen it. But Ed Sheeran, you know, Ed Sheeran mm -hmm. did his whole last tour by himself. Yeah. And just that blows my mind. That dude, It's amazing. When you see a one- or two-man band play in arenas, It's the, and they can fill that space and make it feel both intimate but big at the same time, it's always pretty amazing. So the guys like that, man, he, he should be virtually touring right now because he can just, it's just phenomenal how he can do that himself. Yeah. That's I think it takes, it takes a bunch of, uh, some big onions to do that. <laughs> yeah. Some really big onions to do that. <laughs> I do, I do it right here like three nights a week. <laughs> hey, speaking There's of live ten, music. Tens you, of people around the world have seen those videos. I was going to say, speaking of, of live music, you and your bass player from Iron Band have been taking all manner of requests. May I make a request right here and now? Let's do it. I'm going Voices Carry by Till Tuesday. Oh boy, that, vocally that's a difficult one. That, that doesn't that's a, see that's a you, that's a you problem, not a me problem. My problem was <laughs> making the request. Now. I solved my problem. All right, Jason uh, Rat. If we do Rat for you, would that make you happy? Oh sure, yeah. Which we one? Went, we went from alternative to country to rap yes in the span of 24 hours so why not go to metal and are we doing the uh, the version that you and i played in austin <laughs> on acoustic oh we did try that didn't we yeah. that's right we made yeah. it a little ways 
Nice. It was it wasn't pretty though. But it's it, either gonna be Voices Carry by Till Tuesday or something from Sepultura. So you take you 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 pick. What about uh, I will warn Scott. It's this is usually you get five minutes to learn it and one take on video and audio and that's I like that. Those are kind of my parameters for that little project because I don't have time to do anything more than that. There's no production work going on there or overdubs. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for a the second version of the promo music roundtable. This is fun. This is a good time. I hope everybody else is enjoying these as much as we are. Um, again, our sponsor today, the Good uh, Strongs over at Promo Show, over 100 suppliers, 500 distributors, the industry's first and only virtual trade show. It's the whole industry, the entire industry, just virtually. Visit promoshow.com. You're not going to be sorry you did. Guys, thanks again so much. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. See you next week. Cheers.